a real joy to be here. Linda and I are traveling around the States uh, for about three months. We currently live in Asia, and uh, I'll specify we live in Thailand, and we travel from Thailand to other places. And so it's a joy to be back in the States for a couple of months, and it's a specific joy to be here, although I am rather sad, James, that you're the interim rector Because it means I don't get to see Father, I'm sorry, Bishop Alex, um, and um, uh, who I've known for many years. Uh, but it is, it is a good thing th that the Lord is at work in you as a congregation, in uh, the life of Alex and in the life of James and the whole team. It's delightful to see each of you and to be here today. Let's take a moment to ask the Lord to uh, calm the butterflies in my stomach. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for the privilege of being here. And I thank you for the butterflies in my belly. But I pray, Lord, that you would help me to be clear and to preach your word faithfully. Pray, Lord, that you would touch our ears, that we would hear not what Lauren has to say, but what you desire to say to each of us. Come, Holy Spirit, and stir our hearts, not like the butterflies, but stir our hearts with the fire of God. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Our theme this morning is called for hope, uh, called for more uh, from 1 Timothy chapter 2. It is a passage that just is just so perfect for today. I couldn't have chosen a better text for today. And I think you'll understand why it is for today that God has appointed this scripture. And therefore, if I begin to get wandering, because there's so much in the scripture today, well, just bear with me and skip the parish meeting, okay? No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Uh, we are in 1 Timothy chapter 2. Let's go ahead and change the slide. And there are three points. The scripture just opens up into three different points. Pray, know, and affirm. Pray for your king and authorities. Know God's desire for humanity and affirm your calling to invite all. The scripture just unfolds naturally with those three points. Pray, know, and affirm. So the first one is pray for your king and authorities. Actually, the verse says, and we'll go to the next slide, the, the, king, the verse actually says, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. And then he specifies for kings and all who are in high position that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Now, as like most Americans, I don't think or haven't thought much about kings and queens during my lifetime. And so when I've read these verses in years past, I just kind of said, okay, for people who have authority. But having moved to Thailand five years ago, almost five years ago, I live in a land where the king is everywhere. And in fact, if I were to say something right now that disrespected the royal family, I would be eligible for 15 years in prison. And so living in Thailand, I have to think again about a king. When we go to the movie uh, in the theater, 
before COVID, and actually we have seen one after COVID, before the movie gets started, there is a video tribute to the king. When you drive down the street and you come to a major intersection, there is a 20-foot tall picture of the king. Royalty is all around us. And so now I find myself looking at these verses and saying, oh, the word king means something. And tomorrow, that will take on yet another flavor. As leaders from as many as 190 countries, I don't know that they'll all get there. I know five were not invited. That would be 195. But 190 heads of state might gather for the queen's funeral tomorrow in England. Just in case you didn't know which country I was talking about. It will be a significant event. Not only for the British Empire, but for the whole world. And so I find myself coming to the scripture today and saying, wow, when the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write the word king, he wanted us to pay attention. Now remember, Caesar was not a lover of Jesus. Caesar was not a lover of the church. And yet here, Paul is inviting the church to make supplications, prayers, intercessions, and even thanksgivings for all people, for kings and all who are in high position. Now, it's a joy that we are Anglicans. This is your prayer book, and this is our prayer book in Thai from Thailand. And in both prayer books and in just about every prayer book in the Anglican family around the world are prayers for the nations, prayers for the people. In fact, we live out these verses in our tradition. But notice the point that Paul is asking the prayers for. That we may lead peaceful and, God, peaceful and quiet lives, godly and dignified in every way. He doesn't pray that one party or the other wins. He doesn't pray that the king be deposed. He doesn't pray for a change of government but rather he prays that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life. Godly and dignified in every way. There's an African uh, proverb that when the elephants play, the grass gets hurt. When the kings and others in high position misbehave, it makes it hard for ordinary people to live ordinary lives. Paul's concern is that we 
can live our lives quietly, peacefully, godly, and dignified. And there's real wisdom in that verse. We live in Thailand. The new king was crowned five years ago. Neighboring country of Myanmar, there was a coup a year and a half ago. I haven't seen it in the news since we arrived here a month ago, but it's ongoing. Of course, there's the war in Ukraine and Russia. In China and in Vietnam, there's a singular communist party in charge of the government. This morning, right, I mean, right now, there's a hurricane typhoon barreling down on the southern island of Japan. The Philippines, wow, they've had their own presidential drama for the last five years. I don't expect to know the details of all those different countries. I've only mentioned a few. There's 195 countries in the world. in China, in Vietnam, in Myanmar, even in the middle of the, of the coup and the war that's going on there. The church is growing in Iran. The church is growing in Pakistan, even where a third of the land right now is underwater for flooding. Pray for the nations. Linda and I are here in part because we want you to know about your prayers being answered for us. But even before saying anything more about us, I want to affirm the fact that you in your prayers of the people are praying for the peoples of the world. And I want to encourage you to continue to pray for the peoples of the world. That people would be able to live their lives and to seek God and to follow Jesus. It doesn't matter what the government is. It matters that the people are able to, be, to pursue the good news of Jesus Christ. So our first point is to pray. To pray for the nations. Our second point is to know God's desire for humanity. Now, these next few verses, there's so much in here. So I'll try and stay focused. But there's so much here. And even after the sermon, you can dig in even more. This is good. That is praying for the nations. And it is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires that all people be saved and come to the knowledge of of the truth. Notice that it is God's heart that everybody around the world be saved. That everyone come to the knowledge of the truth. My favorite image of heaven is the heavenly banquet in Luke. And therefore my favorite image of evangelism 
is giving people an invitation to the heavenly banquet. Who doesn't want to eat food? Who doesn't want to come to a banquet? You know, one of the joys of being out of the country and coming back in, Linda and I started in, in D.C., and we went to Columbus, Ohio, and Pittsburgh, and Nashville, and then uh, Texas. Now we're in Florida. Everywhere we go, we get to eat something good. Now, I won't tell you which is better, Tennessee barbecue or Texas barbecue, because that might start a little bit of a conflict. But food is good. And so what a wonderful way of describing evangelism, to invite people to the heavenly banquets. Who doesn't want to be invited? Well, actually, there are some people that say, no, thank you. I don't want to be there. I want to go do my own thing. And that's on them. But it is God's desire that everybody receive an invitation to the banquet. In fact, it's even more than that. His desire is that everybody would say yes to the banquet that they would come and enjoy the love and the peace and the righteousness, the justice of God, the fullness of the heavenly banquet table. I want you to let that sink in. God wants every single person at the banquet. I want you to think about a family member who you just have, oh man, You know, they just create trouble. God wants that family member at the heavenly banquet. I want you to think about the neighbor that drives too too loud when they drive down the street. God wants that person at the banquet. And if you're a Democrat... I want you to think about the Republican that you dislike the most. If you're a Republican, I want you to think about the Democrat that you dislike the most. God wants that person at the heavenly banquet. And if you're an American, I want you to think about the communist person that you dislike the most. God wants that person at the heavenly banquet. Do you hear how bold that statement is? Do you hear how profound that statement is? That God wants every single one of us, every single one of us around the world to come into the presence of God. It is not a special club for special people. God desires all people to be saved. And to come to the knowledge of the truth. And yet one out of three people in the world today live where there is no visible church. One out of three people in the world live where there is no visible church. And when I say no visible church, I'm not saying no Anglican church. I'm not saying where there's no good church. I'm saying where there is no church, Anglican, Baptist, Charismatic, name it, Quaker, Roman Catholic, no church. 
In fact, about 15 minutes outside of the town that we live in, you get into a stretch of Thailand where there is no visible church for 100 miles. And then you get to the border of Laos. And again, there's no visible church. We drove through Dallas and we drove through Houston and we drove through Nashville. There was church after church after church after church. It was wonderful. Because even with all the bad churches, there were still good churches around. But one out of three people in the world today lives where there is no visible church. God desires everyone to hear the good news. For there is only one God who made everything. And there is only one mediator between God and humanity. And that is the man Christ Jesus. There's a wonderful collect. He stretched out his arms on the hardwood of the cross. Because he desires that everyone would come within the saving reach of Jesus Christ. He gave himself as a ransom for all and this testimony was given at just the right time. And today is that time. We need to know the gospel. We need to know who Jesus Christ is. And we need to know that God desires everyone to hear the good news. Thirdly, pray, know, affirm your calling to invite all. Paul says, for this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I'm telling the truth. I'm not lying, he says. A teacher of the Gentiles, I prefer the translation nations in faith and truth. Why does Paul say, I'm telling the truth? I am not lying. Paul was a Jew, a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was a leader. He was the cream of the crop within the Jewish establishment. And they were only concerned about themselves, protecting their heritage, protecting their tradition, protecting even their God. But their God said, I love all people of all nations. And Paul had to go through a major life-changing event to realize that, wow, I'm called as a Jew to share the love of God with everybody, even those Gentiles that I don't really want to spend time with. And so God called him as a preacher, an apostle, somebody who is sent out as a teacher of the Gentiles, the nations, in faith and truth. And so Paul left Jerusalem, the center of the Jewish world, to travel around the Roman Empire and even go to the wild west of Spain in order to bring the invitation to the heavenly banquet to all peoples. 
And he is my role model to bring the gospel where people do not know even the name of Jesus Christ. So I've got a question for you. What's the good news that COVID has taught us over the last two years? How is the gospel communicated? Person to person. How is COVID communicated? Person to person. And in two years, COVID has gone to every country in the world, all 195 countries. After 2,000 years, one out of three people still hasn't heard. COVID has inspired me, has taught me that it is possible. We do not have to wait another 2,000 years for the good news of Jesus Christ to go to the ends of the earth. COVID has taught me and inspires me that if we are willing, we, the church, can bring the invitation to the heavenly banquet to everybody, everywhere. And then Jesus will come back. Let's go to the next slide. Pray for your king and authorities. Know God's desire for humanity. Affirm your calling to invite all. Let's make this specific to us. Please join Linda and me praying for the king of Thailand and praying for the nations of Asia. There are a variety of different contexts. But pray for the people of Asia that there would be a quietness. Don't forget that Myanmar is still under a coup and they are still fighting. Please watch the news tonight and see how bad the damage is in Japan. Pray for China, for Vietnam, for Indonesia. Even if you don't know exactly what to pray, pray. That there would be stability in those places so that our brothers and sisters would be able to communicate the hope of Jesus Christ. Secondly, know that God's desire for all of Asia is the same as God's desire for servants of Christ in Gainesville. That everybody would know Jesus Christ. Everybody would come to the banquet. I don't know if there will be barbecue or seafoods. My guess is both. But most of all, Jesus is going to be at the head of the table. And there's going to be laughter and there's going to be joy. There's going to be victory. And God desires that everybody will be there. God really does want everybody, from the Uzbekistans to the Thai to your next door neighbor. Thirdly, affirm your calling to pray for Linda and me, to pray for the work that we do, to know to affirm and to partner with us in Asia. As you see, when Jesus said, go and make disciples, he was speaking to the whole church. But Jesus knew that some of you would stay where you are because Jesus has called you to serve him here. So how can you go 
by partnering with your with your partners who are overseas, who are taking up special, specific ministries. Partner with them. And affirm that calling that is yours. Believe me, there are days where I would much prefer to be sitting in a pew in Gainesville than to be living in Thailand. I could joke because it's the food, but it wouldn't be a joke. There are times that I get homesick and I want to be where you are. And I have to do what I'm asking you to do. To affirm that like Paul, God has called Linda and me to go. But God has also called each of you to partner. And so I encourage you to affirm your own calling. One more slide, I think. Together, we are called for more. We don't do this on our own. We do this together as the one body of Christ. We do this together with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Without the power of the Spirit, this goes nowhere. Without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there is no hope. And without God sitting on the throne as King of kings and Lord of lords, there is no peace. We do this together. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the joy and the privilege to be here. I thank you that you are a mighty God that indeed brothers and sisters are sharing the hope of Jesus Christ in unusual places. I thank you, Lord, that others are, are seeing where the gospel has not yet gone and they are looking for ways to bring that hope to those people who are still waiting. I thank you, Lord, for the partnership that Linda and I have had with this congregation for several years now. Thank you. I thank you most of all that you are truly God. And I thank you that you are here in this room to heal, to give hope, to forgive, to knit us together. And so may you be glorified. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.